Welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you love running or eating, you'll love this show. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. Hi, this is Monica. Welcome back to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. Today, I'm talking with my friend and running buddy, David Denier. David is a super accomplished runner. He has run hundreds of races, back-to-back marathons, ultra marathons all over the world. His list of running accomplishments is so impressive. But beyond that, why I wanted to chat with him and share it with you is he is the most fun runner that I've ever run a race with. It's super awesome. He is one of my favorite people to kind of do a race with because he just It's go big or go home with him. And I love it. It's very infectious and he makes friends wherever he goes. So it's super fun. But before we get into all of that, let's warm up. Today's warm up is all about Dave because we went a little long with our chat. So I wanted to just kind of give you some facts about him. So you had some context for our talk. He ran 55 consecutive rock and roll races. And also, I think I met him in 2013. We were doing a project for the New York City Marathon. And he was in the middle of kind of that goal and another one. He had a big marathon goal that year as well. And just had come from, I think, like a marathon and was doing one the next morning. He was kind of in and out. He was traveling all over the place. And I kind of realized that he is either in a plane going to a race or actually running at all times. But you would think that under those conditions, someone's kind of taking it very seriously and just maybe no fun. And he has the opposite of that. He goes anywhere for a race and really just enjoys the place that he's at. And it gave me a really different outlook on racing and on traveling and just realizing hanging out with him at different races that the focus can be on fun and you can still show up at a race and run a half marathon or a full marathon and have that accomplishment while being able to like explore and enjoy the area. So that kind of opened up a whole new world for me. And I think that's when I actually started traveling a lot more for races and just doing a lot more races in general. It was kind of thanks to him. We have run, I think, rock and roll Arizona. I did the half, he did the full, but a couple of other races like Pasadena, Miami, New Orleans, um, anytime that I am in a city where we're both running a race, we try to connect because he is just super fun. I don't know if he thinks I'm fun, but I will tag along with his fun any day. And I am very excited to chat with him today. So let's get to it. Dave, thank you so much for talking with me. I am very excited to share all of your super awesome running accomplishments with everyone and kind of tell them some of our stories. So thank you for being here today. How did you get started with running? What's that about? Yeah. Um, well, I was um, quite a bit heavier than I am currently right now. And I was, you know, you've heard the story, I'm sure, many times of how people get started because they're you know, out of shape and overweight and things of that nature. And that was my case. I was uh, 307 pounds when I, that I can recall when I, I got started. And uh, I just knew that I needed to do something, make a, ma- a major change in my lifestyle. And um, having struggled with my weight most of my life, most of my adult life anyway, um, 
I knew that when I saw the best results, it had always related to cardio. So I decided that I was going to get involved and um, me and a bunch of friends, we decided to run a local 5k race and I'd never ever run at like a, an actual event before because I was way too shy, like way too nervous of like being seen by other people in public, you know? And, um, when I went out to my first event, it was in Burlington, Ontario, here in Canada. And, uh, it's called the moon in June. And I remember like just being blown away by the different profiles that actually are at these events. And I just quickly realized that, you know, you don't necessarily have to look like, uh, an elite athlete to uh, to be involved in this sport, and that was really inspiring for me. So um, that's kind of how it all got started. I you know I finished up that five k race in about thirty minutes or so. You know, like at any other event, there's always like trade shows and you know um, additional information for other race events. And so I kind of recall like coming across the finish line, having that you know I guess runners high, and so suddenly I was interested in, you know, what's the next event. So before I left that event, I registered for a 10 K race, which was only about a, a month later. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of spiraled out of control, I guess <laughs> from that spiraled in control. Well, yeah, in control. <laughs> it's funny because I ran that 10 K race a month later and I was like, you know, Oh, look at me go. Like, you know, I was feeling great. And, you know, gaining a bunch of confidence and uh, probably talking about it way too much because, you know, I was just so excited about it. And um, later that year, I ran um, a half marathon. My first half marathon was in December of 2008. And uh, it was like super emotional, right? Like, you know, I'm a bit of a softy as it is. And yeah, like I remember like crossing that finish line being pretty choked up that, you know, I'd run this half marathon and, um, you know, a lot has changed since then. But, um, you know, as quickly as I felt I had my life in control from a fitness level, uh, I gave up after that race. In 2009, I kind of went back to my just regular routine and busy lifestyle and uh, stopped really training. And then um, it wasn't until 2010 that I kicked myself in the ass again and said, you know, you got to get back out there. So yeah, that's when things started to really pick up. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that you had taken that break. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was a struggle. So I just realized I needed to always have, and even to this day, it's funny because I, before I went to bed last night, I'm like, what do I have on my race schedule for the, you know, the next few months? What are we going to talk about? Cause I don't, I really don't think I have anything. And they're like, you know, for me, what I realized in 2010 is I always had to have something documented on my calendar, some event coming up, something to look forward to, something to keep me accountable, and usually some, something to drag other people along to as well. In 2010, I kind of, you know, broke this streak of not running and not really being active again. And uh, I started by doing this half marathon in August. It was called like the chocolate run or something like that. Like, what a terrible time of year to have chocolate at a race. It's like, you know, 40 degrees Celsius. It's so humid, which is like, I don't know, 100 <laughs> some odd degrees. Fair. You're doing a lot of math today. I know, I know, I know. 
This is my mortgage brokering background, right? It's just automatic conversion. You're, you're quick, though. I appreciate it because I would have no idea. So, anyways, I went to this race in August. Um, I just felt quit. And, like, that just totally, um, you know, gave me this added motivation because I knew I was still, like, out of shape. I wasn't taking into consideration the fact that it was, like, the hottest month of the year to be running. And it wasn't taken into consideration that perhaps the course wasn't as easy as some of the courses I'd already run before. But what it did was it just got me, um, you know, to commit to a bunch of races. So over the next um, like eight weeks or something crazy like that, I registered for one half marathon every weekend and just pushed myself. And eventually, by the time I got around to that eighth half marathon, I think I had got my time down from like two hours and 33 minutes to two hours and one minute. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, I was definitely feeling, you know, this true runner's high and seeing a lot of change in my health and just motivation. And then, you know, took a lot of that to social media and started to get a lot of support from, you know, other people that either were already runners or, you know, wanted to like just kind of reach out and be motivated themselves. And that in itself really kept me accountable and pushed me to do more. And that's when uh, things really got crazy. In 2010, I went and ran my first full marathon. And then, yeah, it got a little out of control after that. What was your first full marathon? So I thought it was a good idea to go back to Vegas to run my first full because that's where I ran my first half. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I do know. You've been to Vegas. And I'm, f- I'm familiar. You're familiar. <laughs> I think I've seen a few pictures on Instagram. But anyway, you know, Vegas is like full of life and full of trouble, right? So here you try to pick, you know, this long distance uh, race event and also not get yourself into too much trouble and uh, somehow I managed to uh, to do that. So yeah. <laughs> not get into trouble, actually. I know it's a surprise, but understatement. Yeah, no, honestly, <laughs> whatever. Okay. It it uh, I was so afraid of that first full marathon that I gave up drinking for like two months prior to the race. Oh, wow. Yeah, like I was super being super clean and super focused, as you know I should, and. Uh, yeah, so I went and ran my first full there, and it was with the Rock and Roll Marathon Series. And um, that became a new addiction for me after that race. That is awesome. Is that when it was still in the morning? Yeah, it was still okay. a daytime event. Yeah, it, so it was like, I think that was at 6 o'clock in the morning or something like that, or 6.30 or whatever. They hadn't uh, redesigned the full marathon course like it is now. You know, the first half was super exciting. You run down Las Vegas Boulevard and, you know, people are doing the walk of shame, going back <laughs> to their hotel rooms and you're running by them and everything's great until you get to that half marathon, full marathon turning point and all the half marathoners are running back down the strip still, you know, with a lot of like um, energy and just because it's Vegas, right? There's still a lot of hype and then all the full marathoners you get to go out to this like industrial area and it's like the desert suddenly. And uh, yeah, it was a bit of a struggle during the, um, the sunny part of the day, of course, but that's yeah, a super cool race though. Yeah. It just, I, I am 
Definitely not brave enough to do the full in Vegas. I don't know if I could keep it together like that. (laughs) How did you, how did you do that without, you know, wanting, you know, with recovering, avoiding injury, like that's super hard on your body to run that distance that much. And, and that, the weight I was carrying too, like when I ran that first full marathon, I'd only come down uh, 20 pounds. So ran my first half at 307, first full at 287. And that was in December 2010. And then I was starting to definitely drop weight. Um, so my biggest strategy, and by no means is it rocket science or anything along those lines, but I just, I was replacing my shoes probably more frequently than most. I was taking part in a lot of fantastic post-race uh, celebrations, which definitely helped. <laughs> celebrations, in quotes. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it celebrations. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I was doing simple things like, you know, ice baths and Epsom salt baths and things like that. Um, you know, I was never really pushing it to, like, win it, of course, but I was always, you know, I was always pushing myself to be better than the last time. So, you know, I guess around that time I was running like marathons in the high four hour time range. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, I, I was just, I don't want to say blessed with like this athletic ability because I really don't think that's the case. Um, I just, uh, I don't know, you call it luck or you can call it whatever. I don't, didn't really have much more of a strategy outside of what I just said. Part of your, you know, fun running all these rock and roll races. They're a fun race. They are a runner's race. They have the beer garden and they have a ton of stuff and they're in locations that are fun cities to go to. Did that factor into it at all? For sure. Like I, you know, I fell in love with running. I fell in love with the Rock and Roll Marathon Series brand for sure. And I fell in love with destination races. And, um, uh, you know, I traveled, I probably, I guess, hit about half of the U.S. states, you know, over that two, two three, four-year period. And, um, you know, there's so many fantastic cities to run races in. And probably number one on my list is still New Orleans. Uh you know, if you are into like any kind of like culture, like the history, if you're a foodie like I am, you know, and of course there's like nightlife and there's like, you know, amazing music and um, the people of New Orleans, though, during the race definitely add a different level of energy um, that's so authentic and so much fun. And that's one of the number one reasons why you know, I've run New Orleans. I think I've run in New Orleans eight times in the last, you know, uh, seven years. So, yeah, it's um, it's one of my favorite cities. I have ran a lot of races with you. I've hung out with you after races. You go big in running and you go big in Life. post run. Yeah, <laughs> everything else. Um, and yeah, like I, you party hard after races. And with that, though, you're also not being super active in a good way. You're letting your body recover. You're not letting your liver recover for sure, but your legs you get to chill out. Do you think that has anything to do with it that you have, um, you know, like you, I don't want to say take it easy because you do not take anything easy, but you're not like so many people are just um, feel the need to run every single day. 
So they run a race and they're still running the next day. And, you know, it's like that thing. You do some epic post run partying and enjoy your time. So you're not necessarily going for a PR, which is harder on your body or feeling the need to run the next day or do something else. Do you think that's like factored into it? For sure. I mean, everyone has their own priorities and everyone runs for their own purposes. Everyone has their own balance the way they choose to balance, right? I I still wouldn't say I'm completely balanced when it comes to my recovery. (laughs) I do definitely feel like this like higher adrenaline from being active and at events. Um, And uh, yeah, I guess I think the key is, is that during these races, like when I run a half marathon, if I can run it in two hours or slightly less, you know, I'm not killing myself to get across the finish line. If I was really, really trying to push and run as fast as you do, then yeah, I guess I wouldn't, I would be taking a lot longer to recover. Speedy Gonzalez. Are you saying Gonzalez because I'm Mexican? Yeah. I don't know what the female oh, is from Speedy Gonzalez. Speedy Gonzalez can be a girl. Gonzalez is the last name. Oh, well, I know that, yeah. Yeah. Well, Speedy yeah. Is, is the first name then. Yeah, I got it. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> and really, it could be a guy or a girl's name. Yeah. Good, good. I'm glad we've established that. Yeah, good. What about how I heard a rumor that one time you stopped? I heard a rumor. A rumor is what I'm saying. Um, you sometimes need a little like a hydration oh, yeah. mid race. Has that ever happened? That you know the aid station isn't cutting it, so you're just like, what are my other options? Well, running is a little monotonous. Let's just be honest. Okay. Yeah. Especially the longer distances, they get it just gets a little bit boring. So. And I think I suffer from a little bit of ADD. I don't know for sure. I, I made it up. But so I get a little bored. And um, because I run a little slower, so it's lonely sometimes. So <laughs> anyway. this, is, this is what you're going to go with? This is what, okay. Yeah, All right. Okay. This is what, this is the story you're going with. The story is like that. So, you're lonely. It's monotonous. Yep. Go ahead. And I get thirsty. So, <laughs> and you know, because I've been to a lot of the same places more than once, I make friends along the way. So it's a good way to like run a race, you know, catch up with friends you haven't seen for a year and so on. So yeah, there was this one time, maybe more than one time, but there was this one time I specifically remember and it was in Arizona. Luck was on in Arizona, but it was in Arizona and um, the rock and roll Arizona race. You start in Phoenix, you run out to uh, Scottsdale, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then you finish in Tempe. And uh, in Scottsdale, I got to know this guy, Peter. He was like the bar manager at um, the Hotel Valley Hole Pooblar. I'm like, oh, Peter, I should probably stop by and see him. So anyway, I was running this race and you know, I got to the half. It was about two hours in. I ran to the half. And then specifically, you run by the Hotel Valley Hole twice. So I don't know. I felt like I needed to go see Peter while I was running the race. So at mile 16, I managed to like, ah, no, maybe it's too soon because you run by it twice. And then at mile like 18, I'm like, I think it's a good time. So <laughs> I planned ahead. I had a good feeling I, about this. Yeah. yeah. I planned ahead and I, I stuffed a $20 bill in my uh, in my pocket. And um, so I kind of like ducked out of the race and like through the bushes, literally through these bushes. Thankfully, there weren't cactus bushes, but through these bushes and, um, you know, reached my hand over the... Uh, the gate opened the door and went to the pool bar and sat and had a Heineken, talked to Pete for a bit, and then went back out and finished the race. 
What a good friend that you stop in. You stop in to visit him at work. It's those Canadians, you know, we feel like we just want to like share the, you know, friendliness and nicest guys. I told him I was really sorry for not being there sooner. And that's that. Yeah. I was in Arizona with you that weekend and I found this out, this rumor from Facebook because I was at the post run, like the tent or whatever. We were both had been working with the rock and roll competitor and stuff. So I'm like hanging out and like, shouldn't he be coming in soon? What's going on? I only run the half because I got my... Because I got my ass handed to me because I drank so much the night before, but you're braver than me. So you're going to face the full distance. And I remember this is how <laughs> this is how I know is that I was like, where is he? And I'm like, not checking the runner, like tracking or whatever. I saw on Facebook, like, oh, Dave's checking in at the Hotel oh. Valley And I'm like, is this like right? Is this right now? Like, is this from before? No, it's right now. He is straight chilling. Yeah, I actually ended up having two Heinekens, and I think I finished that race like five hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. It's a long time, you know, like to be out there for five hours, you get really thirsty. So it's something that I thought was made a lot of sense. I, I totally get it. I've heard of people stopping to get coffee in the middle of a run, and they think it's like the most like awesome thing, you know, especially now because you can just order it on your phone and run through and keep going. But to stop and have a couple beers yeah. is just well, like... That's how you do. Thing with destination races, you're only there for a short period of time. So you really got to make the best use of your time while you're there. Right. Since you are not home before these big races, how are you? Do you have any issues with like pre run, like carb loading or what you eat? Because some people have sensitive stomachs and it's kind of a weird thing. Do you just roll whatever that city has to offer or do you have like a thing that you normally do? Um, it's kind of like, I guess it depends on the city. <laughs> um, my go-to before race would be like yogurt, oatmeal, um, you know, protein shake. I always get up three hours before the race. And so, I, and the first thing I do is eat. I find like, if I can like do that three hours before the race, come time, the time the gun goes off, so to speak. I'm ready to go. But definitely there's some destinations where you just can't skip the local cuisine. And so you just got to go with it. Do you have like a favorite, like a favorite food destination? Um, Let's see. I really love San Antonio. Because uh, of Mexican food? Because of Mexican food. I love Mexican food. Well, what are you going to do? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I would say San Antonio is one. New Orleans is up there too. I've said a lot about New Orleans already. Um, beignets. Beignets for life. Yeah, I mean, really, let's just beignets and coffee and you're good to run any race. Is there anything in particular you are trying to promote or training for right now that you've been talking about? Well, the biggest thing right now is I'm participating in a local charity event called Grind for Kids. And it's for the BC Children's Hospital Foundation, um, BC standing for British Columbia, where I am. And uh, the Grind for Kids program takes place at uh, Gross Mountain Resort here in Vancouver, in North Vancouver, um, on the North Shore Mountains. And uh, what it is, is a climb that you do as often as you can. And each time you do what's called a grind, um, money goes towards the Children's Hospital Foundation. So that's what I'm currently 
really focused on. Last year, I did 105 of them and uh, raised a few thousand dollars. This year, uh, I've already raised $5,000 and uh, just looking to keep pushing the limits on uh, my fundraising efforts. Awesome. That is super awesome. Except what is the name of that mountain? Yeah. So it's called Grouse Mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I wanted to make sure. I didn't know if I misheard. Yeah. It's called Grouse Mountain. And um, what it is, is a 2,900 foot climb over uh, 2.9 kilometers. So I'll do the conversion. I think it's like 1.8 miles or something like that. (laughs) I'll 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 take your word for it because I have no idea. Something along those lines, but it's um, it's called the grind because that's exactly what it is. It's, it's a really uh, steep climb that you do over a very short um, distance, and uh, once you get to the top, you're basically at the base of the ski resort, um, which in the summertime is like you know a ton of great summertime activities. There's zip lining up there. There's um, you know, different hikes up on the top of the mountain, uh, all sorts of great things. But uh, it's a well-known uh, climb here in Vancouver that has a nickname of the gross grind because people think it's gross how hard <laughs> it is. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now is um, it's the Grind for Kids program for the BC, BC Children's Hospital Foundation. What is, do you have, I guess if you were in your ideal location and were able to kind of eat whatever you wanted to, especially I feel like you really deserve it because you run so many races. I call like my post run, like good meal right after a race. I'm not super hungry. I'm just mostly thirsty. But when I do want to eat, it's like a victory lap. Do you have like your favorite post marathon victory lap meal? That is just like, this is exactly what I need right now. Mm. Um, as terrible as it sounds, I would say a big, fat, greasy burger is probably like the victory lap. I knew you were going to say that and it doesn't sound terrible. Do you know how annoying it would be if you were like, you know, I just like, I'm really into kale salads. It's like, <laughs> no one likes that. It's true. Like, you know, living here in Vancouver, tuna is like in my diet three times a week, which is probably too much. But anyway, <laughs> like I can't get enough of the sashimi here in Vancouver. And so that's my go-to, like clean eating, love it, fresh, can't get enough of it. But yeah, after any big events, I don't know. There's like, it seems like nothing there's more satisfying and rewarding than like an ice cold beer and a big ass burger. You know what I mean? Boom. Yeah. I knew so, it. I knew you were going to go there. You're going to take off a few vegans out there, but it doesn't have to be, you know. It's a, it's a sometimes food. Everything yeah. in moderation. It's fine. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. So. Even though we're saying everything in moderation, but like this running situation yes. is not, there's nothing moderate about it. Is there anything else you want? How do people get a hold of you on social media, um, on the line? Join me on Twitter, Clydesdale Runner, which uh, there's two of us. Two of us. I don't know how that happened, but there's two of us. And mine is uh, Clydesdale Runner with two R's. Um, or if you have any questions, you could old-fashioned email me at uh, runlikeaclydesdale at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Dave. I hope you guys enjoyed that. 
And if you did, please subscribe to the Run It Repeat podcast and rate it on iTunes or Stitcher or however else you listen to podcasts. And I kind of have something exciting to add to this podcast situation. I am now going to be accepting recorded questions. So you can call in and record a question that you want me to answer on the Run It Repeat podcast. The number is 562-888-1644. And I'll put that in the show notes. But I know that if you have a question for me and are too hesitant to kind of leave it online somewhere with your handle attached to it and or you want to hear yourself on the running repeat podcast so it can be like we're chatting because I love that definitely feel free to call in and leave your question thank you so much for listening have a good run Thank you for listening to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. For more information, check out runeatrepeat.com.